Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Hello, beautiful human. Uh, hanging out in the studio right now with Brock Hampton. Hey, yeah. How's it going? Uh, Dan's here too. Hey, yeah. Oh, hello. Hey. 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 hey, Dan. Hey, what's up, guys? What up? Hey. We have a lot to cover here. Uh, we have an album to go through, Ginger. We have a, a, a single Aliens music video. Mm. Uh, a lot to cover, but you guys, as a unit, are the most unique group I've ever seen. And uh, one, I thank you for existing. Two, I genuinely feel like you've really kind of shown so many other people that they have the ability to do what they want to as well right you guys reaching these new heights and continuing to innovate and keep going it shows that utilizing the internet if you have a gift and a talent and you keep going and you're consistent something can really come and that's a story that i I, really deserves to be told so i thank you thank you thank Thank you thanks appreciate that it is kind of wild right to think that just this group of friends uh, this family? That's the right way to describe it. Family. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you remember at, at what point you realized that this was a family and not just friends? Man. For me, it was when uh, we moved to Texas together, like right after high school and stuff. And we, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of us dropped out. Yeah. So we all were like, oh, we're, we're, we're all not going to school. We're all in this together. Was it the idea of common sacrifice? Yeah, exactly. I would yeah. say so, yeah. Yeah. You all put something on the line, and in doing that bonds you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, I was watching I was watching your show on Viceland, and I give you all a lot of credit. You stay very focused. You have values and integrity, and you keep true to that. There was a moment where you, uh, Ian, were... Uh, by the way, I want to cover the Kevin extract and the names and the real names, because you guys all introduce yourself as your real name. But obviously there's two sides. But back to you being in this house and there's an artist that wants you to open for them, but you got assigned to this management company to do it. And you're like, no, you stay true. Is it easier to do that when you know you have safety around you? Yes, it's also easier to do that when you have a specific vision and you know where you want to end up in the future. You know, like you don't know how long it will take to get there, but if you know where you want to go then you just like stay true to that how do you stay focused um now or back then has the has the motivation to stay focused changed between 2018 and now uh a little bit it was honestly easier to stay focused when i had less money it was easier to stay focused because you had less money less comfort you know so like there's more at risk or just uh, you're more in like survival mode when you don't really have anything. So you're going way harder for your ideas and like for your future and like your friends and your family. It's more like I need this immediately. And um, I'm still a pretty focused person, I would say. But the urgency has definitely gone down just a tiny bit. Yeah, since like 2016, 17. And do you feel like that urgency is directly tied to money, which equals comfort? Um. A little bit, because, like, we were living in, like, South Central and stuff, and, like, none of us felt safe or comfortable there, so it was like, we, sh- we need to find a way out of here. And the idea of signing contracts with somebody else could put you at risk for making the money that you're duly entitled to. Yeah. Yeah. I would have just, basically, it was like, I would have had to sign a, um, a weird record deal pretty early in my career, and 
I think we all knew that we wanted to sign a deal once we like kind of established ourselves on our own a little bit more. And I, I wasn't fully like established yet, really. And by the way, like throughout your journey, you've been met with those types of decisions a couple times, right? To sign deals, to do album stuff. But focus, it's this unity. It's something that comes together when you make these records that are special. These guys help me stay focused too, you know, and I think vice versa. I think mm-hmm. we just like help each other a lot uh, when it comes to like having tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool thing to have because like you don't need to take the first thing that comes to you. You don't need to kind of, I don't know, like you do what you want. And because you have your everything kind of planned out, you know stages in your career and in your life, like you know how you're going to break up. Is mm-hmm. that is that still true? In a way, we just know that we don't want to do it forever as a group, but we want to be friends and a family forever, but we don't want to... We want to be like 50 years old. Calling ourselves <laughs> a boy tour. tour. That's <laughs> what do you mean? I thought we were going to do a, a reunion tour <laughs> <laughs> when we turn, right as soon as we turn 50. You're right. You're right. Is it cool to be able to look that far into the future? But I feel like you can only do that because you have these, you, you have each other. Yeah. That is the consistency that one needs. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Why do you guys consider yourself a boy band? Because we've had other boy bands in here and they don't like that title. And you guys hmm. seem to like love it. Like who? Sorry, um, I'm curious. I'm just curious. So like, who's like? Why don't we? I, there's oh, a few. Right, like right, all right. those guys. Like they call they're boy bands, hey, but e- they don't like that title. Even five seconds of summer. Exactly. I think it's just because we don't like make the that style of music that people would uh, call a boy band. So it's just more interesting to redefine uh, what it means to be a boy band when you uh, kind of like look and sound like us. Yeah. yeah, so what do you guys think separates you from all the others that are out there under that title? Well, I, I mean, feel like a lot of boy bands are put together by other people or what else? I mean, objectively speaking, that's like a huge point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally, because you guys have chemistry and relationship that doesn't exist elsewhere. Yeah. You know, and people are just tested. Yeah, but we do all the things that boy bands do. We have choreography. There's a bunch of boys on stage. We fight. <laughs> we fight. We love each other. You you have sometimes synchronized outfits, black. I like the orange overalls that look like you're gonna you know shovel snow. Mm. I like that. We haven't got that one yet. Yeah, I like that. What is the inspiration behind that? Do they just look good? Uh, I think it. We're just we're having a discussion. Like, what's the color palette that represents Brockhampton the best? And uh, Nick, who does like a lot of our wardrobe stuff him and hk our creative director they were like i think orange is like the color for bh and then yeah we just like let's 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 kind of do something similar to the um we swear these jumpsuits they look kind of similar to the ones we wear now and we wanted to make like a different version of that really so it's like nostalgic in a way but still like a a step forward for us same but different yeah it's exactly. a nod exactly by the way is that like have you started to understand that formula more and more as you start to evolve? I mean, you're on your fifth studio album. You know, like, there is there is a balance to, like, being the same that people know, but then being able to creatively evolve yourself so you don't get bored. Yeah. Like, yeah, he said it, yeah. <laughs> but, like, do you feel like you have to, do you, when you're, when you create a ginger, do you go in feeling like you're in a box, or do you have to go in free with no expectations and just nothing? Like, how does it start? What song starts it? To a direct question for your answer, I do feel like stepping into or stepping up to the mic or in the room with these guys, like freedom uh, of expression is important. 
For sure. And just like trusting that you won't be judged for something you say. And maybe something, you know, you say won't make the cut. And that's okay. At least like sometimes overcoming what you're afraid to say or like want to say. Getting um, the chance to say it. Getting the chance to say it. Like yeah. it's, it's empowering. And I think we all feed off of each other in that way. But I don't know what song started Sugar. I mean, uh, Ginger. <laughs> um, I think that, like, also, like, kind of to piggyback off of what you were originally asking, like, about, like, being in boxes, like, the relationship between boxes and, like, being free and stuff like that. I think that, like, I can, I really can only speak for myself, but I feel like I'm in, like, 15 different boxes, like, just when I wake up in the morning, like, just the ones that society puts me in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, the opportunity to even get a chance to go into a room with, like, six different people and then there's six other people outside the room that are all dedicated to one idea and the mic is hot for everybody and like anyone can get a chance to come say whatever they want to say that's like the most freeing part if it makes sense that's the catalyst for everything else but also something very very rare it's rare to have a totally judgment-free room and to be a hundred percent positive that it's judgment-free Yo, beautiful human, I gotta talk to you about ASU. If you're considering going back to school, you should ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits that you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of those questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 200 highly ranked degree programs, 100% online, you're going to earn the same degree as you would on campus from wherever you are on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. For more information, text Zach to 35517. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 87% of ASU grads really are recruited within 90 days of graduation. Learn to grow. Learn to succeed and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. If you want to learn more, just uh, text Zach to 35517. More information on the ASU online degrees, just text Zach, Z-A-C-H, to 35517. Zach Sang Show. So how do you set the topic for the day? For a song? Yeah, like like what you're saying, like the, the mic is open to anybody. Mm-hmm. Do you set a tone for that day of what we want to kind of bring out does somebody step up first and then that sets it i feel like yeah, that kind of exactly yeah i somebody, feel like yeah oh, okay. somebody will record something that everybody really likes and then it'll just spark everybody to like start writing or start trying to think of what they want to say and they'll kind of follow in in the emotion and what kind of topics they're talking about in their own way yeah and like romil kiko and jabari usually like they always have something playing like, pretty much whenever, like, a session starts or whenever we start making music, like, the music doesn't stop until maybe 3 or 4 in the morning because it's, like, you know, Jabari will be downstairs in his studio, Romil will be upstairs in the main studio, Kiko will be in his headphones passing his computer around to a bunch of people, like, yo, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And then next thing you know, you know, when Romil, when we've recorded maybe two or three songs of Romil, he might take a break for a second, but his taking a break is Kiko sending him beats and then he tracks everyone else over Kiko's beats. You know what I'm saying? Stuff it like that. It is like a machine stuff. almost. Definitely a factory. This, yeah, but, but a creative, judgment-free factory. Does somebody generate the tone for the the record? Is it always somebody different? 
or and, and and on that day do you come in prepared to say something or do you kind of let the room bring whatever it is out in you i think we'll make like uh like 30 to 50 songs or something and then that that's why we're trying to make the album and then once we have all those songs we start putting together like a little track list and then we realize uh we're missing like a we're missing a fun song or a sad song or a political song, whatever it is, and then that's when it starts to get more calculated. At yeah. the beginning of the process, it's not like we're not thinking about that stuff at all, and so we start piecing the album together with yeah. the the moments we like that were like more natural. Yeah, I remember so. we were making Saturation One and Joba, and I had a conversation. And he was talking to me about um, a project he was working on before that album, and he was telling me that he pretty much was like allowing the music to come out of him instead of trying to make the music. And, like, letting whatever was happening musically around him kind of be the catalyst to whatever his thoughts were and letting that, like, relationship kind of, like, have a symbiosis. And tapping into that for me personally has helped me a lot because it's not like, okay, what are we writing about today? It's like, what does this melody feel like to me? What does it bring out in you? Yeah, exactly. And then I'll just run with that the moment that something comes to me that I can't stop. By the way, Joba's vocals on, uh, I think it's Face. <coughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you. Really? Dope. Like, uh, I'm here. Well, I just had a question. So yeah. if the mic is open to anybody, what happens if, like, everybody has, like, a dope verse and the song's, like, ten minutes long? How do you so, start cutting back or figuring ooh, that out? We don't put it out. <laughs> it doesn't matter how we good We had a song is. called Lamb, and, like, Jeez. everyone, it was from our first album. Mm-hmm. Everyone had such a great part on it, we couldn't, like, uh, trim it down or anything. And we did for the YouTube video, but, like, I don't know. We trimmed it, it down so much, though. So, yeah. like, like, we made it so, so much. It was, like, rushed almost. Is that yeah, a like, good problem to have or a bad problem? Both. Huh. Yeah. It's good because we'll actually like the 10-minute song. Like, we'll love yeah. it. But yeah, it's, like, like we don't, make sense. no one's going to be like, oh, yeah, 10-minute song. <laughs> I mean, it could. Nobody wanted Bohemian Rhapsody when that came out. Yeah, right. But that's a whole nother. That's idea. that's a body of work right there. I, that yeah, one's, that, like, certain meticulous. Certain songs are, like, necessary for you. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, you could have put a part out, part one and part two, couldn't you? True. True. Yeah, where were idea. you back then? I don't know. I mean, you guys can bring me on. I could be another person. <laughs> By the way, the three-part album, Saturation 1, 2, and 3, like, that is a rare type of project. No, no, Nobody really does that. Why? Do you learn something new from the creation of part one to part two and then to part three? Yes. Absolutely. That's a great question. A lot. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what is the biggest thing you learned between one and three? Oh man, so I mean, we were talking about this the other day. Um, Satch, what, what was the hardest one? We we okay. So the first one, we first got kind of a little bit of people listening, and it felt like we had like a little audience listening, and then it brought so much pressure on the second one, so it became so stressful. It was fun, and we enjoyed making it, but then we were like, oh, uh, like freaking out about how how it feels to have people expecting an album instead of just like making an album and putting it out yeah because so now before nobody was watching yeah, yeah yeah or it felt like nobody was exactly watching. yeah i think that like something that i've noticed from like a lot of people that doesn't ring true in this group is that when the world isn't paying attention to you a lot of people are like look at me and then the moment the world is paying attention you're like don't look at me mm-hmm. but like here it was kind of like we were all like trying our best to anticipate the moment when people gave a f- so that we could figure out how to move from there. You know what I'm saying? Like we all knew we all had the ability to like get people to care. 
And then it was like, once people cared that what's next part was like, that's scary. really difficult for a second. Yeah, and then once that was figured out, it was like we got that momentum back. It was really scary, man. Yeah. In the do, video. It was really scary. Do you take that fear and focus it into something creative? Do you utilize that to motivate you in any way? Or does, or do we, you feel like it did, held you sure. back? No, I it motivated. We were all pretty scared. After Saturation, like, once we dropped Saturation 1, I think, like, the same day, we are like, let's just do Saturation 2. And that was a scary thing, because we announced it. Hold on, wait. <coughs> we announced Saturation 2 <coughs> before, before Saturation, Saturation 1 was released. So we, like... Had you to, set yourself up. Yeah, we yeah, set yeah, ourselves yeah. up for, like, pressure and, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was, it was scary. It, that That is the... That pressure, though, and uh, that fear, even... Is what made that so good, I think, because we were yeah. like working nonstop every day, yeah. not really sleeping, like just making as many songs as possible. Well, writing about what? Were you writing about what you were going through, or were you? Yeah, and life, like everything, like everything. I ever. think we were all coming together to write about collectively our lives to that point and the day to day of what we're living through in the moment, and also, kind of mixing it all into sorry. One. And, like, nurturing the creative relationship amongst each other. Yeah. And, like, figuring out what that sounds like. What what else can it be, you know? By the way, I- I'm going to keep going back on this, like, you have each other. You have a family. Yeah. Imagine going through that as one person alone. So, uh, you, yeah, like, and you have the ability to pull the best out of each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is a special relationship. That is super rare. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people have people like that in their lives. Yeah. It's just two things. Either you don't realize you have those people in your life or those people low-key piss you off. Because, I mean, if I'm being absolutely honest, like, Kevin's in moments believed in me so much more than I believed in myself where I was like, why the f*** are you? Like, like I'm, in my head, I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Why do you think I can do this? But he knows that I'm just, like, in the deepest place of myself trying to get me out of that you know what i'm saying but like the realest people that you have like in your circle and stuff like that will be the person who like grabs you and gets you out of bed and puts you in front of what you're supposed to do and says do it you know what i'm saying like you're great at this do it it's not what you want in that moment but it's what you need absolutely what so going back to that like him being able to see things in you that you couldn't see in yourself i feel like that's true as it relates to many people in this group because it goes back to obviously you all being formed between high school and then the online forum what were you looking for back then, and what what bonded everybody originally? Was it the want for a better life, or was it the want to make music? Me, personally, I was just looking for friends and people that uh, that that I could, like, talk to about, uh, like, music I liked or movies or whatever, and that's, that's all I was looking for, really. A friend group. Yeah, a, fr- a friend group that I could also make stuff with, like, you know. Like creative friends. And did you set that criteria out the gate? No, nah, I think it was like I want to make a rap group. <laughs> I want to be like Odd Future, like something like that. That's kind of more so how, how I was looking at it back then. And at what point did you realize that this was something that was for real, for real, like for all of you? Like it wasn't just like a, a hobby or like hanging out as friends. Was it when you moved? We moved to Texas. We we opened up for Mac Miller. In Austin, that that was a big moment for me. That was crazy. Uh, the Good AM tour, 
What else did we do? There was a few things. We played South by Southwest. We played a... Um, we put a lot into that. Fool's Gold. Yeah, Fool's Gold Day Off. Day off uh, living in uh, even San Marcos all, was a lot for me. Yeah. Even yeah. before all that stuff, low-key, that first time that we did those shows in, like, Houston, at, like, Jet Lounge and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that was, like, crazy, like, Corpus and all that stuff. That was so. opening for you. Trippy. Oh, yeah. That's so trippy. You weren't in the group then? I was just opening for the show. That was when I met Joba, like... Oh, at the South by show. Well, no, before South nah, the uh, Jet Lounge is in Houston. Show in Houston. Oh, yeah. I think I DJ'd for you, right, Matt? Yeah. 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 Crazy. Because <laughs> me and Matt were like making music uh, quite a bit. Uh, I don't know. It's just so wild. things is, just happen. This is very universe. I feel like it yeah. was meant for you all to be connected and come together. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cosmic. Yeah. You mentioned San Marcos. Now, in that song, I think that's like a pretty song. I don't ever call songs pretty, but that's a pretty song. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about at the very end of it? Talking about how you wanted more out of life than than this. But what what are you saying exactly? He wrote that part. Uh, Matt, okay, I gotta <laughs> think about this. What was I thinking when I said that? I'm saying like. You're always going to not be, you're always going to expect more from yourself or from things. And it's always going to feel like a hole, a hole in you to, to get more things or, or do more, be more successful or, or find, meet love or all this stuff. It's just like the constant want for more mm-hmm. and then just kind of being okay with that. How did you feel when you heard that? His his answer or the song? Song. <laughs> like that part, no, the part you're asking him about. Like, what, like, like I said, it's just like, it's such this? a pretty song. And I was like, what, like, are they saying they want to get out of this place that they're in and become as successful ha- as you have been? And I just kept listening to that song over and over and over again. So, yeah, that's, that, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't know. It's like, uh, now I can't answer the question. No, it's all good. I was, I'm curious. I was really sad when he wrote that part. And I think, um, it, I just feel like if I was, sad in texas and i heard that line i would just connect with it it's like it's like when you're at a low yeah you just want to be happy it's kind of how i look at it yeah no definitely yeah and, and a part of you always wants to be out of the place you're in mm-hmm. right too. Yeah, yeah. and especially oh, if yes. like also attached to your past you know this idea that you're bigger than your own town you have more to prove you have more to do and yeah you know you can't really do that all in texas i yeah. always wish i could exp- like experience the moments that i have and appreciate them because i'll always appreciate them way more in the future mm-hmm. it's annoying like in retrospect. i hate it by the way like i feel like that's going to be one of the hardest things that you will battle and you have battled is this idea that you do things and you don't have the opportunity to properly soak it in yeah. and by the time you can even start processing something you move from a to b to c you know and then you miss a and b totally and you're at c and then you miss c yeah and, and you're at F. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're 47 years old, balding. And then we have a reunion tour. <laughs> Riding oh, around man. in scooters or something? <laughs> like just old people scooters. In a residency in Vegas. I hope I'm not on a scooter. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you'd be glad. Awesome. 47. <laughs> wow. Vegas residency. Um, okay. Uh I, I have a lot to get to here because there is an incredible album here that everybody needs to listen to. A lot of really, it is a raw album. And, and by the way, like I was very surprised listening to everybody's stories kind of align so properly together, right? And that's going back to the the universe thing and the cars, uh, the, the 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 stars and everything aligning. It's very rare that in boy bands you see a lot of times nobody can creatively decide on anything. 
It is very difficult to pick a lane, to kind of give people different verses, whatever it may be. But when I'm listening to these records, they're meant to be. They're meant to exist in the way they currently exist. Are there creative differences when you're creating stuff? Or do you feel like everything kind of ends up lining up the way it needs to? I think there's differences. Yeah, yeah. I would say both of those yeah. things, actually. There's differences, but we know that it'll line up and be what it's supposed to be by the end of it, regardless of what those differences are. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of creative consideration for other people's ideas. Yeah. And everyone getting the opportunity to say what they need to say, mm-hmm. you know. And or sometimes even. it doesn't make the song better. Yeah. yeah, and other times it does, and and we we can't seem to like for example part one, part two, or a ten minute song, and then you know, it just kind of it's kind of nature of the beast. How, how do you the way you settle that? And correct me if I'm wrong. Is it knowing that like when people give notes or critiques, it's coming from a good place, not a bad place? Absolutely, I think. Mm-hmm. Right, we all just want to make the best song, you know. Yeah. So we try to keep that in mind when we listen to. Um, each other give each other criticism. Mm-hmm. Who is the CEO of Question Everything Inc.? Me. <laughs> Mr. CEO, an honor. Thank you so much. <laughs> <for that. laughs> Bow down. That's a crazy question. <laughs> that's a dumb question, man. That's cool. It's just I was like, whoa, that's weird. Weird to that's hear. Me. Long time. That's me. I was like, wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So essentially, the buck does stop with you. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, like at the at the top of the pyramid. Okay. The, the guy who holds the weight on the shoulders. Oh yeah. You are the CEO. Yeah. But working with your family makes things a lot easier. Yeah, it doesn't mean that much when we're making record. Like it's like, it's still like, hey, what do you guys think of this? It's not like me being like, we're doing this. Yeah. Even though our new TV show makes it seem like that's how I am, that's <laughs> not how I am. I was uh, wondering how much of that is stage and how much of that is real life. That's the whole point. We'll never know. That's the whole point. You, like, I want to confuse people. Well, you're doing a good job of it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I have no <laughs> glow. <laughs> That's great. Also, you direct them. You direct the episodes, right? And you directed the music video for Sugar. <coughs> yes. So uh, are, are those challenges for you, or do they come easy? Yeah, it's really challenging, especially the show, because I'm trying to confuse people, but I'm also making myself look like a like a <laughs> kid. <laughs> you know, and that's like It's really courageous, honestly <laughs> I just want to, I don't know At the end of the day, I want to do like Film stuff, TV and film stuff So I'm trying to lean into any sort of uh, Film project or whatever that feels like a challenge Like the Sugar video or like that series So I'm just really uh, Using this as like um, I don't know just It's like an outlet to to get better at this kind of stuff What is drawing your attention to that Form of storytelling. Um, for the music video or for the just just in general, what? Uh, can, do you feel like you can tell a more vivid story through a music video or a TV show or something, rather than a record? Yeah, I also think just ever since I was a little kid, I think I, I wanted to be like an actor or a comedian or something like that at first. And I had this crazy obsession with Will Smith. I realized he was a rapper at first, and that's why I started rapping. So I'm. <laughs> And also after like meeting Shia and stuff and like learning about like uh, acting and little things he does from him, I've applied that to like my performances and videos or like sure. it's it's ma- it's made me realize that uh, I have the most fun when I'm doing something uh, visual. Most fun, like when I'm, yeah, that's that's more fun than me trying to 
write a chorus that I feel like would uh, stick or be immediate. That stuff is fun too. Don't get me wrong, but like I just have way more fun like making videos and stuff. What is it that's fun? Is it seeing it all? What is it? Yeah, it's like uh, just being specific on set and then going to edit it and then seeing that like it, that thing you saw in your head is like real. Yeah, it's real. Bareface in Maryland. Do you guys enjoy these video parts? Like yeah. being on camera? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it would. <laughs> oh, How are you doing back there? I'm cooling, bro. You know, I love one of your verses. Don't call me stupid. That ain't the way my name pronounced. Don't call me Cupid. I got too many hoes right now. Poolside in Houston trying to see if Beyonce will take me for adoption. Broke-ass rich <laughs> suburbs. A civilian shot in Third Ward just by the fountain. That is a beautiful statement and a very powerful verse. That That is my verse. Yeah, it is fantastic. <laughs> because it takes you on a journey top to bottom. It starts really light and then it hits you. So it hits, true. It hits mm-hmm. you with honesty. Yes. Thank you. Zach Sang Show. Hey, beautiful human, real quick. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in an alcohol-impaired vehicle crash. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen... By a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each and every year. Many people also are unaware that driving while high can be just as dangerous. In 2015, 42% of drivers killed in crashes tested positive for drugs. It's not so harmless after all, is it? Come on, get this. From 2007 to 2015, marijuana use among drivers killed in crashes doubled. The truth is... Driving while high is deadly, so please, stop kidding yourself. If you are impaired from alcohol or drugs, do not get behind the wheel of a vehicle. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Drive sober, or get pulled over. Zach Sang Show. Where are you at when you come up with something like that? Because obviously, I, you know, I know your obsession with Dennis Rodman, you say your name a lot, but something like this is... Dude, it's really, it's something. So what headspace are you in to produce that? Merlin, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm in my own world a lot of the time. But I'm just living, like, the dream of, like, a, a Texas young rapper. So I, I still just got to remember where I came from and all the places that I've been and um, all the people that I've seen. So I just try to put it all into the music all those experiences like from growing up in texas to like recording in like um bathrooms and all all that dirty south is it hard to remember where you've come from no do you want to forget sometimes yes because you grew up in ghana and you could have been an architect i didn't grow up in ghana i went to school there for a little bit Sorry, I, the internet lied to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is all good. But, you, but the architect yeah, yeah. thing is correct? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. You gave up a lot to tap into music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, school is, like, a lot. Yeah, like, I get it was a really good opportunity. It was, like, a top architecture school. Um, but, I mean, like, no no salary, no amount of money is worth, like, your... is Or can compare to the worth of your dream, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. That's a really heavy statement, and by the way, should really be noted. 
Because, like, a lot of people, and I think... Noted. The, the, <laughs> society tells you to take the path that everybody travels. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, tends to be the easiest path and the most guaranteed path, which is, like, going to school, get money, whatever. You know what's wild, though? That path, like, wasn't always dictated either. Totally. Like, going to school probably at one point was, like, really ridiculous when, like, people were working, like, <laughs> when it was, like, child labor was still a thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. just being completely objective about it. Like, and, by the way, then education takes over. Then business tends to inspire education. And the bigger the business gets, the more it becomes ingrained in our freaking DNA that after high school you spend $30,000 plus a year on college, get out with debt, have a hard time finding a job, and then sit in student loan debt. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious cycle driving people above us. Yeah, and those it really who, is. Those who choose to break that, you know, deserves to be applauded. Yeah, it's hard to break the, the status quo and, like, do something different than what the world around you is doing. Totally. Yeah. For real. My, my great-grandfather, like, um, he was, like, a corn farmer. Like, uh, and his, his brother um, was a corn farmer, too. And he sent... My great grandfather, he sent his kids to school, and his brother was like, "Bro, like, why are you doing that? That's that's foolish. Like, I'm sending my kids to like learn how to farm. They're gonna be way richer. But like, it just depends on like the perspective that you have. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. That one thing though changes everybody's life, and that one decision that your grandfather made could actually be the reason why you're here today, which is even probably crazier to think about. Like, even in this group. Yeah. For real, his, like his decision of staying in school when everyone was like, "Don't stay in school," and my decision of not staying in school when everyone else is like, "Stay in school," you it's know, the same but different, man. Yeah, it all it all I'm works. Picking out. up the torch and parallels are crazy. It is yeah. crazy. Hey, is there a verse uh, th- that you guys feel the most personally connected to? Like, like I, I could better phrase that. Is there a verse that we should listen to to best understand who you are? For uh, for me, I would say uh, my verse on milk. Mm. What is it? Hi, hi, my name is Merlin. You want me to rap the whole thing? Give me a taste, and and then tell yeah. me why why nah. it's you. you. Just spit that verse. Go, do it. Hi, my name is Merlin. I just apply for food stamps. I just moved to California with my boy band. Damn, I don't remember. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the beginning band. of it. Yeah, that's um, the beginning. Uh, Dropped out of a good school, hippies in my commune. I left when the rent was due. Used to want a briefcase and a short, and a commute. short commute. Used to want to sell coke and whip an Audi coupe. Crazy if I did that, wouldn't be talking to you. Walk you through the pitfalls of a college student. Crazy how you get them letters and they make you feel accepted till you walk around campus and you the only African. Nobody with passion just cast that take direction well take acid trips to find themselves well hyper aware <laughs> beautiful ah, thanks thank you guys you flatter me <laughs> I remember crying when I first heard that verse bro I was just like damn what made you cry like what was it about it's like circumstance I was very tired um from like mixing as well as working with all the guys and I just that was the last song I got to mix uh on the first record saturation and I just remember just it like it woke me up and it was just just too honest and plus I know him well and like I don't know 
He also performs it really hopeful. Like he has a lot of hope in his voice. Yeah, it's it's awe inspiring, you know. It's cool that like even those the closest to you could still appreciate and be inspired and affected by your art. Mm-hmm. There's no jadedness here. But it's because you kind of keep pushing yourself to do better and be better and reach into new sides of yourself. It's pretty special. Like, I don't know. It's very, very cool. This is family. What else? Anyone else have a verse that we should listen to to really understand them? I'm trying not to jump the gun and, like, walk out of here and be like, why did I say that one? Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like every time I try, I'm like, why did I say that? Ian? Your verse on Big Boy is insane, dude. I know, dude. It is, and exactly why I don't want it to be the one where I'm like, this is is who I am. Is it hard for you to attach yourself to one? I mean, obviously, they're all part of your identity, and I feel like I'm I'm putting you in a tough position because I think, obviously, they're from you and your life. So, you know, you listen to all of them, you can really get an understanding of who you are as a person. So I am putting stress and pressure on this. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I have a verse that, one verse that specifically is all who I am. I feel like they all play a part so in everything that Brockhampton does is it fair to say that all of these records are solely derived from reality nothing is conceptual it's conceptual for me no 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 no. I I just be saying stuff sometimes got it like big there's definitely conceptual stuff there and there yeah so how do you is there a difference between sessions that are derived from reality and those that are coming from imagination no we, we never like we're not like this is an imagination moment. Yeah, yeah the two can coexist. The yeah. yeah, I think the root of all of it is the catalyst, and usually that catalyst is us all being in the room, hearing a beat, and being like, "I'm gonna talk about this." And we don't really say, "I'm gonna talk about this." We just write it and rap it, and it kind of happens. And as it's happening, people will throw their two cents in if they feel it's even necessary. Sometimes they don't, you know. Sometimes a beat will just remind me of a specific artist or yeah or era, and then I'll try For to like sure. channel that artist and copy them yeah same but to that point i just want to throw out one conversation i had with matt i remember like i was really struggling with with writer's block and just like not even knowing how to even approach anything like whenever we first started working as a group and he told me not to worry about what people were saying and like by not doing that i was able to like free up my thoughts and just like get it out and then hearing it in context i realized like we all actually do kind of like tap into the same things in a weird way and that seems to be the theme here is like it's judgment free zone so you're free to say and do whatever it is that you feel is right in that moment whether it be from reality or be fiction it's whatever whatever makes the song the best and kind of comes from within yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's also what makes brockhampton interesting Mm -hmm. all the different perspectives and like you never know like what someone else is going to say on the song you know i like that it's not too dialed in uh subject matter wise Yeah, yeah There's no formula to a Brockhampton record? Sometimes, but normally not in the writing. Yeah, while writing, no, not at all. You've acknowledged before that you guys want to be the biggest boy band in the world, but you've also at the same time acknowledged that, like, your creative path that you're taking might not necessarily bring you there or yield those results. Yes. Is that because you're unwilling to be creatively flexible and mold your vision to a higher formula or mainstream system for me i think it's just a universe thing explain that like some people are meant to be the biggest thing in the world some aren't but art is like what we all want to do it's why we're here that's the most important thing the fame stuff or whatever like 
those other aspirations. If we end up there, cool. If not, it's okay because we're still we're doing all right, and, and we're having fun and like we're healthy and you know life's okay. That's that's what I mean when I say that. At least I understand that. Yeah. Is it hard for you guys, or have you comprehended yet that people do idolize you all as a group and as individuals? Yes. Very hard to comprehend. I, I, I just, just talking to people who come to the shows and like wait in the freezing cold, like outside, you know, just like the stuff that they say about us and to me, I'm just like, whoa, sometimes I need it. Sometimes it's terrifying. And obviously sometimes I don't believe it, yeah. you know, cause like all oh, that's coming at you a million miles a minute, all this stuff is happening. And then you go home and it's kind of quiet. You know, and, and, then, and you're left with everything that, that your fans left you with at the end of a show or said to you, right? To a big degree, yeah. I mean, I tend to rely on, on like, because I'll seek those conversations out to, like, I don't know, use it as, like, a guiding power in a way. That. Is it motivating? Absolutely, yeah. But it's also scary and filled with pressure, right? Because when somebody hits you with... Somebody idolizes you and has a conversation with you. Sometimes people can, you know, kind of hand their baggage to you. It's a lot to carry. I think it doesn't scare me that much only because I was such a uh, a big fan of so many people, like, when I was younger. So I kind of get their perspective, and maybe that's why it doesn't scare me. It feels very, like, almost like I understand them and where they're coming from, and it's easy for me to talk to these people that uh, really care about our stuff. Have you understood why you? Like, why they like you? Why they idolize you? Yeah. I think because they identify with, like, my struggle or, like, uh, the stuff I say in the music or, um, yeah, stuff like that. And that's why I cared so much about the people I looked up to. I saw, you see a bit of yourself in the stuff you like, right? So that's, I think that's it. They just, we're just, like, similar. Yeah, art's a, a huge catalyst into, like, articulating your experiences, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. You know, so, like, 16-year-old me might not have been able to articulate my anxiety, but listening to Kid Cudi helped it. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. And now that I'm, like, old enough to, like, understand that, like, like, there was a point in time where Kid Cudi changed my life, if that makes sense. And then I realized I changed my life. But all of the things that were surrounding me were the catalysts to me wanting to get up and change that. And Kid Cudi so just I'm happened to be the soundtrack. Dude. One of many catalysts. Yeah. You know? So I I feel like we kind of serve a purpose for other people in that sense now. Totally. Like, I'm not saving anyone's life. I'm just a catalyst to help them right. figure out whatever it is they need to figure out. Like, whether it's having a conversation with their parents, whether it's having a conversation with their best friend, like, whatever it is in that moment that you need to do, if there's any way that what we're doing is helping you do that, thank thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't thank me. Thank you. Like, that's, that, I didn't expect that. I didn't demand that or, like, anticipate that. You know what I'm saying? That's just the f-ing grace of this world, you know? It's the, it's the true effect of genuine art and, like, real art. In a sea of nonsense, you guys are creating real. Thanks. Thank you. You mentioned talking to parents, and I wanted to ask, like, how would you describe who you guys are to parents? Because I was watching the Ellen performance, and I was like, <laughs> any of these women know who these guys are. So, like, how would you describe yourselves 
to somebody older that may not understand. What a boy band is in 2020. <laughs> okay. Nice. Ooh, we live in the future now. That's a, that's a good description, yeah. You could ask if they have a child, and maybe maybe they could fill them in. <laughs> I, w- I will say that like we're like a pop band, so it's like it, it's, it's a lot of hip-hop, but it's also a lot of R&B, EDM, and just, it's, it's pop. It's just... Popular music, yeah. Like you gotta, you got you gotta hear it, but like you'll love it. Like, I, and I told them that we had, we have a lot of older fans as well. Yeah, a fun young band uh, with a some attractive guys, smoking uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Spoken> hot <laughs> babes <laughs> with like rich spirits, like, very rich in the spirit, crazy bodies, bro, yeah. crazy six packs, <laughs> six packs everywhere you look. Next yeah, level. I mean, we mm. let's not get into all that. We don't need that. <laughs> Actually, stuff. we can get into it. Gotta get all the soccer moms. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. So, okay, I, I don't mean to ask like basic questions, but like, is there anybody you have in your radar that you actually want to work with? Mm-hmm. Christian Alexander. Okay, cool. Casey Musgraves. Oh, that's a good one. Wow. So, like, we think about this. Yeah, all the time. W- what do you? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's people who have come to you looking to do something, but you might say no to them. What does it take? Like, wh- what do you look for in somebody who's gonna collaborate? I mean. This is a We're family. honestly open to whoever, like, yeah. Yeah, you know. You're just gonna let anybody in? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love looking for people who have. <laughs> if, they're, if they're nice people, yeah. I really fuck with people who have stories worth telling, who don't have the means of the platform to tell it yet. Like, so like my it? friend Victor, like he is like a huge catalyst for a lot of things for me right now in my life. You know, cool. just in general. So maybe help build a star. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be sick. How do we measure success? That's a great question. Individually um, and as a group. And I want an answer from everybody on this. Individually oh and as a group? Uh, How do we yes. measure success? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Individually as in a group. I'll say two <laughs> things that come to mind <laughs> off the top. Um, for me, like personal happiness is like a huge one. Like just feeling super comfortable in my own skin. Uh, and as a group, like obviously us making great stuff. Um, but like more so just like feeling the love, just like to an overwhelming degree and feeling comfortable. That's a big one. I don't know. Comf- comfort and happiness, man. Like comfort and happiness while not getting lazy. Yeah. Sometimes I yeah, feel like yeah. I get comfortable and then I get lazy. Yes, you mm. do. I guess those two things to me are something that I, that kind of fluctuate Yeah. either way. So, personally and as a group, and within the group, you Com- know. Comfort and happiness, and being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. appreciate you. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I'll say I wish I felt, this will be an honest answer, I wish I felt that I wanted happiness, but I want to make things, um, I'm so in my head about making things that are great in whatever avenue I want to do that I think less about happiness and I think I want to make this or I want to make that or be this way that, that I can and create uh, the stuff I have in my head. So I think success for me is living up to my expectations, which maybe I'll never do, but mm. I focus so much on that. I second that. Do you feel like you need expectations to strive for something? Yeah, yeah. I get it. Do you not think you're living up to your expectations right now? No. All the success you've had? Not at all. 
so far. Yeah, that's so dogs, definitely not so no far one. living really? up to my expectations. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, if I look back at myself 16, I'm like, yeah, but when I feel like when you get successful and you 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 start getting in in the in the groove of making things, you start seeing like your expectations of where you could go, and then you try to push yourself, and you're like. You could be doing more. Yeah. You could be doing this. You if could I be could better. do this, what else could I do? Exactly. And it's like that yeah. expectations versus reality thing, or like the perception of things versus how it actually is. You know, like, like two opposing magnets. Yeah, like to the outside looking in, it might seem like things are super successful, but like my parents still work normal jobs. I'm not successful, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to someone who does what I'm doing in this career field and stuff like that. I wouldn't consider it success until my family's comfortable, if that makes sense. That's, like, a huge yeah. piece for me. So, like, I guess, like, my answer would be, like, security and stability, if that makes sense. Totally. Nice. Yes, it does. <laughs> security answer. and stability. By the way, like, try for it. What do you think back there? How do you measure success? Oh, man, I measure success... By the quality of my work, I would say. By, like, if I make something that's, like, I really, it makes me feel something. Like, <coughs> if, like if it makes me, like, if I write something and it makes me want to cry while, like, I'm writing it, then I'm, like, I'm doing my job. So, like, reaching within yourself, sharing different sides of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, like, being, like, transparent and, like, being a, being an artist and, like, not like Joe Bush said, like not fearing what people say. Respect. Very rarely do people come here and say that they measure su- success in honesty and transparency. Mm-hmm. What are you two thinking? You <laughs> <laughs> You've said nothing. Yeah. <laughs> the people like hearing you. Had, you had a rough night last night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We went out. It was insane. Bareface, what are you doing? Oh no! I, I look we're at the comment chilling. section. Everyone's like, "Bareface isn't talking again." I'm just chilling, you know. But um, <laughs> he's putting me on on purpose now. <laughs> um, I say I measure success if um, when everything's like done with, when it comes to the end of it, if I can look back on it and like. If I'm, like, truly proud of it, like, not looking at it objectively, like, I don't know. If I'm, like, within myself, I'm truly, like, okay, no, I'm proud of everything that I did. Then, yeah. Got it. Yeah. For me, um... (coughs) When I was, uh... (coughs) 11 years old, I recorded my first song, and being able to play it back and hearing my voice back and knowing that I made something that made me feel uh, successful. And I think even now, like, if we make a song and I play it back and it sounds like, oh, this is a real song, like, this is, this is <laughs> doesn't feel amateurish. I feel successful whenever mm-hmm. I, I could do that. What is your definition of a non-amateurish-sounding record? Like, it's mixed. It sounds polished. I can imagine it on the radio. I can imagine other people listening to it and listening to it. Or I, I can imagine myself listening to it the way I listened to music that I heard when I was growing up. Like So that, that feels like uh, that's, that's all I really need, honestly. 
pretty cool. I only said that because I was thinking, I was like, when's the first time I felt like, oh, wow, I just did something I'm really proud of? And I think that's like the first time I felt that feeling. And I've, it's kind of the same feeling every time I hear something back that uh, sounds like good. What do you think back when you hear American Boyfriend? Um, I'm just proud of it. Does that song <coughs> change its meaning to you as time has evolved? Yeah, only because of nostalgia, really. So, like, when I become, like, uh, removed from something for a while and I go back, it just, like, takes me back to that time, and then now it has a new meaning on top of what it already means to me, you know? Because now it's, like, making me, like, miss this specific era or something. Were you honest in your music when you were 11? <laughs> no. What would you write about? Just made-up stuff, like, you know? It was, like, you know... Girls and money and stuff like that. Money I didn't have. Girls Girls that weren't talking to me. (laughs) You know? When I think of things I need to live, girls, money, air. Mm. That's what I always say. Mm. That's what success looks like to you. (laughs) (laughs) Honeys and hunnets, baby. All day. Give me a lyric from that song. From when I was 11? Yeah, dude. I don't remember, bro. Get out of here. I swear I don't. Do you have it on a computer somewhere? No. You burnt it. I did. Uh, <laughs> it's in a hole. Hmm? What's the freestyle boy? What freestyle? You freestyle in the bathroom. Oh, there's videos of me rapping like in the bathroom when I was in uh, like uh, seventh grade, and it's like we would, me and my friends would go to the bathroom after PE class, and we would just freestyle battle each other. It's quite embarrassing, but it's on YouTube. You just look up Kevin Abstract freestyle battle bathroom. <laughs> Something like he that. Snapped. Dude, you, you look like you really love sharing that with everybody. Now I do because it's like I'm saying like the most homophobic stuff, and it's just like I'm really, uh, I was projecting pretty hard. I'm gay, by the way, in case people don't know. I just had to say homophobic stuff. That might be really bad if you don't know I'm gay. <laughs> Anyways. But, by the way, like going back, and I know we really do got to wrap up. We got to talk about the sugar music video before you guys get out of here. I, Damn. We've talked we, about it a lot. We gotta go. It's uh, fun up here. Okay. Right. I, I don't want to go. Y- you know, you projecting in the bathroom is very. <laughs> Sorry. E- e- <laughs> it's <related>. <laughs> <laughs> thing to say. Projecting <laughs> in the bathroom sounds wild. <laughs> 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 all right. That's what we all do. <laughs> when I was watching your Vice <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. When I was watching your Vice show, there was this amazing moment. With you and an old neighbor <laughs> who is this racist. Oh yeah, with the snake. He always had a snake on his neck. Wait, yes, what? he used to. The dude that Moss Cliff. Oh, of course. What he would guy. send like a dog. He sent a dog to you guys when you're hanging out, just like, uh, by, like <coughs> doing nothing. Yeah. And he was an ass. And mm-hmm. then when he saw you guys again after being successful, mm-hmm. you know, he was just literally lips right in your ass. Mm-hmm. It was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It was really this gross thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's been many full circle moments in your existence yeah. on many different levels. Yeah. Is there one that's kind of wild outside of projecting in the bathroom? Because that might be up there. Um, <laughs> no, nah, that's the craziest one. <laughs> that one. Full circle. Projecting full in the bathroom. Circle. Craziest one. <laughs> you, look, you look like like you want to just go full on turtle right now. I <laughs> am a turtle, bro. Holy. <laughs> it's real. A projecting turtle. <laughs> Sugar music video. <laughs> you want to talk about the alien with the mullet? I want to talk about the whole thing. Let's do it. <laughs> I assume it's your idea, Kevin. 
sadly. So <laughs> sadly, <laughs> when I have on, to talk about it and explain this dumb idea every time. I can explain it. You want to explain it? Yeah, I, it's so fun. I'll be. Wait, what's the question? It's actually a beautiful idea. <laughs> I just say dumb because it was a nightmare, and I woke up and wrote my dream down and turned to a video. Okay. That's why I'm like, it's kind of silly. Dumb in like the sense that it's silly, not stupid. Sorry. Okay. Let me so, shut up. Has that, got, did that happen before when you, like, have you documented your dreams previously? Sometimes. I've been doing it more now, though, because I was really proud of that video. So it's like, maybe I might catch another <laughs> another good thing. So, so, so Dolly used to paint. Oh, wow. Subconscious, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is real. Wake, yeah, Powerful. Dolly will wake himself up between like 2 and 4 a.m. and then paint. And he like, sometimes he would paint with his eyes closed. Like, there's, like, stories about it. See, I smoke too much weed. My dreams are gone. <laughs> I should stop for this moment. So do you have, like, no notes? Like, have you woken up and read something that you've taken down that were, like, hard to translate? I had a nightmare the other day on the bus, and I woke up, and, like, I couldn't even really open my eyes. So I was just typing, and I haven't read it back yet, but it was a scary, scary dream. <laughs> wow. I'm so excited <laughs> to see what you think of that. <laughs> What do you guys think of this sugar concept video when he brings it to you guys? I was like, hype. Same. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Yeah, it's... Thanks, Dom. (laughs) Thanks, man. Especially when we saw the storyboard as well. That was, yeah, I was going to say, like, one of the big things that goes into, like, these ideas and stuff like that, for me, I can kind of gauge how excited people are Mm -hmm. by how invested they get into the idea. Like, so, like, if someone has an idea and, like, Random people start not random people, but people that we know that are like part of our extended friend network is when I start coming over to the house. I'm like, oh, okay, some shit's going down. So our friend Spencer was there when I walked in the house already drawing the storyboard. Ian's like, y'all got this crazy ass idea. So I was like, immediately hooked, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then he starts explaining to me. I'm like, holy, f-. I see the storyboard. I'm like, so it was just like really the whole thing was just like crazy sell to me. I was super into it from the jump. An alien. Okay. About the alien, doesn't he look like um, Jack Nicholson a little bit? <laughs> Go back and look at that. Pull up a photo of him. Uh, <laughs> Looks away into the distance. Pull up a photo of him. Was it hard to pick the alien? Did you like look at many? We looked at a lot of aliens, a lot of a lot of uh, men and women for mm-hmm. the the lovers. But as soon as I saw Bobby, the guy who played the alien, like, that's that's our guy. Yeah. What was it yeah, about Bobby? He's so tight. He just had the uh, his energy was great, most interesting like body, and he was the perfect alien. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah. And he had to this him. crazy like Bobby scream yell thing that he did too. That yeah, was he, like holy he was screaming on set too. That didn't make its way into the. It video. was like a Wilhelm scream, like literally. It, it was crazy. Scream. It was powerful. It, re- it, it was resonated. awesome. Um, Bobby, could you scream one more time? Also, the the alien and um, <laughs> the devil are the same person. The, the, <coughs> the alien and the devil are the same person, but the alien and the the boy that he kills, they're lovers. The alien and the boy are lovers. Yes. Oh. And if you look in the room, there's all this like NASA stuff and things like that because this guy has this crazy obsession with aliens, and he was dating this alien, but it was a low key thing. It was a they weren't public and then the alien finds him <laughs> with this girl and, and the girl has no idea that this guy is like talking to this alien so she didn't do anything wrong so he's like I'm gonna take your life what? and there was a cut where um, are you the alien in real life man man <laughs> 
man. Wow. <laughs> the girl, the girl. A- <laughs> I think you're the alien, man. It's okay if he is. The girl a hoe for that. <laughs> Bro. Taking the alien girl, boy. The girl didn't do nothing wrong. She didn't know. No, she didn't know. But, but the guy's the, the hoe. hoe. Yeah, he's the the pos. <laughs> My bad. We're about to fight. Sure. I mean, <laughs> it's okay if you're the alien. Subconscious, <laughs> you could be. If well, aliens man. came to Earth, would who out of you guys would sleep with an alien? Depends. That's a hard question. How really desperate bad. are they? How good does the alien look? Listen, I mean, I'll tell you off air. <laughs> so you know. Definitely Merlin. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> pretty reasonable. Hey, who, you guys, who you guys think would be the best at stand-up from everybody up here? Uh, Merlin. Ooh. Ooh. Whoa, I barely said anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I feel like the guy with stand-up would come in with a few jokes and get off stage. Damn. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's a good note. Thank you. <laughs> I think you have something. Thanks, I'm working Ian. on it, bro. You're you're on your way. Far from it, but slow and steady wins the race. I've been showing them my stand up every every show, and they just check out. You got three good. Hey, jokes, do your though. family oh. joke. Oh, not, not yeah. Yeah. you want you want to workshop something here? No, let's try. You can stand up if you want with the mic. I'll these, put a spotlight these, on you. You end up bleeping the whole thing, bro. Show them a joke. Give us one. No, you can't hear these jokes. You can't. Let's be real. They're not dialed in yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still yeah, getting the, like, the, the rhythm down. Still learning the pacing and the timing and stuff like that. <laughs> it's a workshop, bro. Well, I'll be here. We're all hecklers. We're not going to judge. Oh, man. You got to do it the right way. We're good My- around you, though, because we heckle you. So yeah, we heckle you. Sometimes you guys just stop listening. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's what. Jokes. That's how it be. I be on y'all's phone, like, just scrolling while I'm saying a joke. It's so sad. Well, <laughs> that's, that's how you know it's not a good joke. Come up with some new jokes. I know. I did want to ask quick. No, the Harry Styles line. Did people just take that and run with it, or are you actually, like, a big fan of them? And Harry Styles in One Direction. I love Harry Styles. So how do you feel about performing on the same night in Los Angeles? I'm mad. Because <laughs> you would rather be there? I'd rather be there. Also, some of our fans are like, we're not going to go see you. We're going to see Harry. Mm. Yeah, I got to be honest. I'm going to see Harry. See? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not lying. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Well, that's Girl, all right. Hey. I'm sad. Where are we at with Kanye Enjoy West yourself. right now? Ask we- Karen. <laughs> Bareface. You like Kanye West? I love Kanye West. But he said right now. Right now? Don't love Kanye West. <laughs> I I love Kanye West. I'll always love Kanye West. Same. I don't care what he makes, what he says. It's my guy. Would you go see him at a church? Yeah. It's different. For I actually sure. a part of me respects it. Like I love his Sunday services. The it's, Joel Olstein thing I'm still trying to wrap my <laughs> mind around. Hmm. I'm obsessed with the Sunday services. The Sunday service group, they sound so amazing. They're so good. Yeah. So good. It's in, it's I've never incredible. been like to a Sunday service with all the videos I've seen online. Yeah, the aesthetic awesome. match with the sound That's is like great. really yeah. enlightening. It's beautiful. It's, it's fire. It's kind of cool. It'd be rad to hear it in like a like an old cathedral. Mm-hmm. It's like a just crazy acoustics. For sure. Your lips to Kanye's ears. Brockhampton, everybody. <laughs> you heard it here first. Sugar is the single. Ginger's the album. Really listen to it. Are all y'all gonna see Harry on Friday? Yes. Yeah. That's but th- that's only because they invited us wow. before you guys did. Damn. I guess they didn't invite us. Okay. I'm not even mad. Oh, I can't be. This is we just met. Well, we yeah, have we... two shows. We got a late show, so you can try to make the late one. Yeah, I mean, I'll we'll show it at midnight. <laughs> Wait, really? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we got two shows in one day, but you know, I, I want to go to that. <laughs> Come to the midnight. Go to the yeah, at the Palladium? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the spot. Come through. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.